0: Hey, my salary just got turned I think I negotiated. Good morning, everyone. The Parsha Mishpatim... (laughs) There. <laughs> Let me turn off the the Parsha Mishvatin contains within it uh, most of the most of uh, Seder Nezikin, the laws no. regarding damages. Really uh Situations where people suffer losses at the hands of others. So uh, th- there are actual damages like torts, accidents, uh, crashes. Uh, so that's Baba Kama. Baba Matsya, the middle... Uh, there was one big section called Muzikin. It was the original name of that part of the Talmud. But because it was so large, they divided it into three sections called Boba Kama, the first section, Boba Mitzia, the middle section, Boba Basra, the last section. So, the first section, Baba Kama, deals with actual damages caused by the behavior of people, of animals. A person lights a fire. A person uh, digs a pit. So, these are actual damages. And... uh that's pretty much uh, the ideas that are involved in that first section. Now, in Bhava Mitzhiya, we come to a uh, more uh, abstract idea. People are held liable, but they not, did not necessarily do anything. They assumed the role. They undertook a uh, responsibility. And then something happened. And then the question is what is their liability vis a vis the responsibilities that they took? Now, in Haloche, uh there are three categories. It's really four, but one of them uh, belongs to uh, one of the other categories as well. There's a person that is called the Shomer Chinam. He undertakes a liability that he will not get paid for. He will have no benefit from it. He wants to do a favor. My neighbor is traveling and he comes to me and he says, Can I park my car in your parking lot? I have parking on the side of the building. I'm going for uh, for a month. I don't want to leave the car out in the open. It may snow. So can I put it in your lot? And I'm a very good neighbor. And I say, certainly, my pleasure. He never said he's going to pay me. I never asked him that that he should pay me. He's a Shomer, I am a Shomer chinam. Then something happens. The car got stolen. I don't know how, but it got stolen. He comes back from his trip and he says, where's my car? I say it got stolen. Here's the police report. Am I liable? Nope. Now, there are caveats to this. One is that the gate to the parking lot was closed and locked. That I uh, did the minimal amount that's expected in order to guard the cars that are in the lot if I left the gate open and I did not lock it so then that's called a pshia pshia is negligence but it's negligence to the level that it induces liability I didn't steal the car I didn't uh, co- cooperate with the thief. But nevertheless, I was negligent because who doesn't close the gate? And therefore, if you're a proshea, you're going to be liable even though you are a shomer chinam. Even though I never took money for it. I have no benefit from it. I'm doing you a favor. That's the origin of the phrase that no good deed goes unpunished. I did a good deed. I said, yeah, parked the car in my parking space. Got stolen. If I did not do the minimal amount of due diligence, of guarding the parking space, I will be liable. That's one set of circumstances. Second set of circumstances is that uh, you gave me the keys to the car. This is something that's brought in aloha already. Shiloh. You gave me the keys to the car. But you did not give me permission to drive the car. I did not borrow the car. And then uh, in the parking lot, I uh, wanted to have room to bring in another car. So I took the keys that you gave me And without your permission, I uh, moved the car. And then I uh, closed everything, and uh, that night the car is stolen. Is my liability now present? Simply because I moved your car without your permission, technically that's like stealing the car. Once I steal the car, the car becomes mine. I'm responsible. I'm the one that lost the car. I'm the one that has to pay you. So that's called shlichus yad. He used the item that he was supposed to guard. And that later something happened to the item that it got stolen or lost or destroyed. So even though I am a Shomer Chinam, even though I am a person that did you a favor, And I'm not getting paid for it. Nevertheless, I'll be liable in those two cases. One case was gross negligence. I didn't lock the the gate. Or I moved the car without your permission. I used your item. Now, with the ramifications of these are enormous. I mean, that's why... uh, uh, we have uh, an entire rabbinic literature because if you think about it, there are a million cases that can fit or not fit under these rubrics. Let's say uh, you have a uh, beautiful porcelain Chinese Ming vase worth uh, hundreds of thousands of shekel. I don't know why you would have such a thing, but you have it. And you say, "I want to put my Chinese Ming vase in your apartment while I'm gone." And I say, "Fine. I'm not getting paid for it. You didn't offer me to pay for it. I'm a shomer chinam." And you put the Ming vase in the apartment. I never touched the Ming vase. But people come to visit me, and I say, look at this beautiful Ming vase that is in my apartment, that I have. And people say, wow, you know. How did you get it? What a wonderful thing, you know. So I have a benefit that people, uh, can I bring my brother-in-law to see the Ming vase? And then the the Ming vase got stolen. So I did everything I could. Nothing was unlocked. But I publicized the fact that I have a Ming vase in my apartment. And I had the benefit that people came and said, Ooh, ah, look, you know. Does that take me out of the realm of being a Shomer Chinam or not? In other words, what do we consider a benefit? What do we consider payment? So, there are many times in life that a compliment is worth more than money. That's why people are so nice to rabbis after they speak because they don't pay money but at least they give them a compliment. So the ramifications are limitless. And you have to look at halacha in that vein. It's not just The case itself, the simple case in the uh, Torah and in the Talmud, you know, I give you a sheep to watch and a wolf eats the sheep. But uh, so that has no connection to me. I don't have wolves and I don't have sheep and uh, nobody gives me a sheep to watch. But the ramifications are... Limitless, because the Torah is eternal, and the Torah covers all circumstances. And that's why the rabbinic literature is so rich and varied, because that's human life. So that's one type. Then there's a second type, there's a Shomer Sachar. Shomer Sahar is I get paid for it. You come to me and you say, I'm going away for a month. I want to park my car in your parking area. I say to you, you know I rent out parking spaces. In Jerusalem, they're a premium. You're my neighbor, I'll do you a favor, you know, 50% off. But, you know, it's, it's uh, 350 shekel to park your car. And you agree? So now, I'm a Shomer Sakhar. I'm getting paid for the fact that the item is in my possession. So the Torah says, I automatically therefore accede to a different level of liability. The first case is Shovei Chinam, I'm not getting anything out of it, so then my liability should be minimal. Here it's a business, I'm getting paid. If I'm getting paid, so then my liability is increased. So therefore if uh, it's stolen I'm liable if the item got lost I'm liable The only thing that I'm not certainly if I didn't lock the the, the gate I'll be liable and certainly if I use the item the car I'm certainly going to be liable So what am I not liable for? What's called onsim. Onsim is, uh, in the legal terms of the Western world, what they call an act of God. The car is parked in the parking lot. You're paying me 350 shekel a month. The car gets struck by Lightning. Get struck by lightning, that's an onus, that's an accident from heaven. There's nothing I could have done to prevent it. There is no negligence on my part. It's an act of God. And therefore I am not liable for umsim. But I am uh, liable for uh, if it's stolen or lost, because that, so to speak, is the consideration between us. The money you're giving me, 350 shekel, I am therefore undertaking the responsibility that it will not be stolen and it will not be lost. And if it is, I will make it whole to you. So then the question arises, as I mentioned before, what if the Sahar, the amount that I am receiving, is not quantified in money, but it's a psychological, social? Yeah, famous case. Uh, happened in america but it, it it's uh it's uh well understood this young man is uh interested in this uh, girl and they want to get he wants to marry her and he wants to impress her and he thinks the way to impress her is uh he borrows. He uh, asks his friend. Uh, to his friend owns uh, a Lexus, a very famous car, a Mercedes. And he says to him, uh, "You know, uh, park your uh, Mercedes in my uh, parking lot. I will not use it. I'm not borrowing it. I'm not doing anything." You just put it there. And the the girl and her parents are coming over to the house. And I'm not going to say anything, but they'll see that I got a Mercedes parked in the lot. And they'll say, oh, this is a catch. And something happens to the Mercedes. Am I a Shomer Socha or not? I didn't get any money. I never told you I was going to guard the car. But I have a benefit. I have this abstract benefit that people are more interested in me now than they would have been had the parking lot been empty. Is that enough compensation? Or again, the case of the Ming vase—they come in the house. They say, "I got a Ming vase. I never said it's mine. I don't even make any comment about it." But they're impressed. Look at that—the guy's—you know—he's got got a Ming vase that's worth ten thousand shackle. Must have money so again the ramifications are limitless what is considered a Shomer Sachar where do we draw the line and what's called a benefit so that's the case of Shomer Sachar Third category is a shawel. That's someone that borrows an item. I come over uh, today and I say, can I borrow your snow shovel? It's the only snow shovel in Jerusalem. I want to clean off my stairs and the sidewalk in front of my home. I borrow the shovel. Now it's completely understood between the borrower and the owner that I'm going to use the shovel. I'm not, this is not the Ming vase in the corner to impress people. I borrowed the item because I'm going to use it. So, in the case of a shovel, I'm responsible for everything. If the shovel is stolen, it's lost. Whatever happens to it. There are no excuses. Again, there are exceptions that the Torah provides for. The exceptions are if the shovel breaks while I'm using it. It's called meso machmas malocha. The damage occurs because of the ordinary use of the item. No shovels last eternally. There's a very good chance that uh, it will break. You allowed me to borrow it. So if while shoveling, and again, we're talking about shoveling normally, he's not using the shovel to move a truck. But shoveling normally, the shovel cracks and breaks, I'm not liable. That's me so malocha. If you let me use it, so then in effect you have said you can use it, and if its lifespan ends while you're using it, I have no complaints. The other case where he won't be liable is where uh, I borrowed a shovel and my neighbor says, you know, it's, I know it's too hard for you to do the whole uh, sidewalk yourself. Let me go with you. And We get tired and I'll take over, but let me walk with you. Let me be with you. And uh, my neighbor is with me and the shovel breaks. So that's called baolo of Imo. The owner is with the borrower. So then the borrower is no longer liable. The Gemara says, because we don't know whose mazel it was that made the shovel break. Maybe it's because the owner was there. And therefore, there is no liability. But otherwise, a shoel is high on everything. No excuses. And, uh, we are, uh, always, uh, aware of the problems that arise from being a show elf from being someone that borrows something to use. And you have many times that uh, this becomes the uh, basis for uh, neighbors' disputes and all sorts of unpleasant things. Now, there's a fourth case, which is called Socher, who is uh, a lessee, someone who leases the item. Shoel doesn't pay anything. I'm doing you a favor, I'm lending you the shovel. Then there's a company that rents shovels. Or rents, bicycles, or automobiles, or whatever item you want. And something happens, the shovel breaks. What is the responsibility of the lessee, of the socher? So then there's a difference of opinion in the Talmud. As to which of the three categories he should fall into. The final opinion of the Talmud that we base it on is that he's considered a Shomer Sachar. It's as though he uh, is getting paid, and therefore he would be obligated if it got stolen, if it got lost. But he would not be obligated if there was an act of God, etc. So these are the four cases that are explicit here in the Parsha. But we all know that the Torah was given to us on many levels. And this was uh, the uh, simple level. People borrow an item, people entrust an item, people do favors, it's everyday, uh, everyday life. But the, uh, philosophers of Israel, if I could use that term, and I just did, uh, the, the scholars, the, uh, the, those who dealt in spiritual matters, uh, not only in the physical matters, who saw the Torah on another plane, on another level, not just on the plain level of the literal interpretation of the words. See, that's the problem with uh, those who are unfamiliar with Torah Shabalpeh, with the oral law, with those that don't deal with it correctly. So then they have a skewed vision of what the Torah says what the purpose is. And therefore they'll say, well, who needs all of these laws about oxes and oxen and cows and this and that and they don't see the depth of what the Torah is trying to communicate to us. But in the communication we have to talk practically so the Torah speaks practically. That's what Chazal meant when they said the Torah the Torah spoke the way people speak so that on a basic level everybody can understand what's involved here. But one has to appreciate the fact that there's more than the basic level. So just one thought uh, that, that encompasses again, Judaism believes, teaches us, <laughs> the Lord gave us a Shoma, a soul. It's a piece of eternity, a piece of godliness, so to speak. Atavarosa, you created it. Atavarosa, you fashioned it. you fashioned it. You installed it within my body. And as long as the person is privileged to be alive, so the neshama and the guf are together. There comes a moment of separation The shoma remains eternally, while the goof does not. So the rabbis saw the the shoma as being, so to speak, the car or the ming vase or which whatever I the Lord entrusted us with something. He gave it to us. He gave it to us to guard it. That it shouldn't get lost, it shouldn't get broken, it shouldn't get stolen. It should take care of our shoma. So to some people, there is shomechina. A shomechina means someone who has very lowered expectations. He doesn't expect that everything in life will go perfectly. He has uh, no complaints for the problems of life that exist. So such a person has, so to speak, minimum liability as well you'll have minimum <laughs> disappointment in life. If you buy a lottery ticket every week and expect to win, and then uh, you look up the number on Sunday and saw that you didn't win, so you have a flash of disappointment. If you never played the lottery I item, you know... <laughs> doesn't bother me. I never look up to see whether I'm worn or not. I don't expect. I didn't buy the ticket. So if our relationship is that of being a Shomer Chinam, so we have lowered expectations and lowered disappointments and lowered liabilities, nevertheless, we would be responsible if we unlocked the gate. If we don't take care at all. If we live a life of uh, complete dissolution. And more importantly, if we use the gift of life that was given to us in a manner that we're not entitled to do so. I didn't give you permission to drive the car. Why are you moving my car? So then my liability increases. So the the consequences of the what shall I say, freedom of choice are far greater than people realize. Because once I exercise that freedom and the freedom allows me to move the car so then I have assumed another level of responsibility that I did not have before. There are those who uh, deal with it as being a Shomer Sakhar. I guard my The Lord owes me. I didn't ask to come into this world. Chazal say, our soul would prefer not to go through this. So, uh, I'm paying uh, 350 shekel a month. So you have a higher level because you're getting paid. And therefore, if something happens, the liability is greater. So the more that we have out of life, the greater our liability becomes. So, let's say, uh, if a person is poverty-stricken, God forbid... So, heaven will ask him, How come you were not a philanthropist? Obviously, why? But if a person is very wealthy and he has a great deal of material wealth, so then the demands on him are different, then why didn't you? if a person has a talent. So, like, they're never going to ask me, how come you're not a great chaz? Because I can't carry a tune in a paper bag. So it doesn't bother me. But Mm -hmm. if I have a, a magnificent voice and an ear for music, et cetera, So then what did you do with that talent? How did you employ it? So that's a way of looking at the world. You're receiving compensation. The Lord gave you a brain. He gave you a talent. What did you do with it? For what purpose did you use it? Did you advance good things with it, or did you fritter fritter it away on nonsense? That's the question. And then finally, all of us are a showel. Uh, we have borrowed uh, life. So here the idea is that if the owner is with me, so then my liability is decreased. So if the owner of my soul, Cavioal Du Shalom, is with me, he's part of my life. I always feel his presence. I may do the shoveling, but I know he's right next to me. So then my liability is decreased. But if I I don't... The owner is not with me. I have no connection to the owner whatsoever. I'm just using it for my own purposes whenever I wish. So then I have the highest responsibility that of being a shoel. And those are ideas that are communicated to us through the psukim in the Torah and through the uh, portions of the Talmud that deal with it. It's a perspective on life. So all of the laws that appear in this week's Parsha have to be seen on different levels. And they all speak to us. They all have relevance. They all come to teach us and to make us better people. Shabbat, Shabbat Shalom everyone. Stay well and stay dry. And uh, Saturday night there's a lecture uh, uh, here at 8 o'clock. And... Uh, I think it'll be a good lecture.